This morning, we're going to look at a man who never took communion. Matter of fact, this man never went to church. He never put money in the offering. Can you believe that? Uh, He never was baptized. Although I have to admit, reading this week, believe it or not, there were several commentators who were trying to figure out a way to say this guy got baptized. Uh, You'll understand why that's a little humorous uh, as we uh, continue on. Uh, He never joined a small group, Cal. He never sang a Christian song. Uh, He never did his daily devotions, never went on a short-term missions trip, never took a spiritual gifts test. Can you imagine that, Brant? He never even found his place to serve. Um, he, He never even did his daily devotions. I don't think he even, Susan, this is interesting, I don't think he ever even prayed. Uh, and he, he never did all the things that we associate with being uh, a Christian. He never did any of the deeds, the actions, the activities that we would say are important. Matter of fact, they're essential in being a follower of Jesus. And yet we'll see at the end of this passage today, um, Jesus issued this man, he's not named, A free ticket to heaven. Can you believe it? He never did any of the things that we would say, that's what a Christian is all about. That's what a Christian does. He never did any of those things, and yet the Lord gave him uh, literally a free pass, a ticket to heaven. This unnamed man seems to be the poster child of good deeds don't save people. Only faith in Christ saves people. Good deeds don't save people. Even the best deeds, only faith in Christ saves people. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 20. We're not going to put it up here quite yet, but I just want you to see that Jesus has already kind of prepared the disciples and prepared us for for this guy. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus told us about uh, some workers that he was going to hire. Uh, in this parable, Matthew 21 to 16, uh, some of the workers were hired at 6 a.m. and worked a full 12-hour day uh, till 6 p.m. And then the, the owner uh, hires some more workers at 9 a.m. and they work nine hours. The uh, owner says, you know what, I still need some more workers, sir. He hired some workers at noon. And that means they only worked how many hours? Do the math with me. They they only worked six hours. Uh, And here's what's interesting. Some workers, he waited till three o'clock to hire. So they only worked what? And some workers, it even says, were hired at five o'clock. And they only had to work one hour uh, on the job. Now today's passage seems to say at least one worker was hired at 5.59, okay? He was hired at 5.59, he really did no work at all, and yet they all received the same wage. Track with me, and what's the wage? The wage is eternal life. The wage is entrance into the new heaven and the new earth, eternity with Jesus. Does Jesus really mean to say to us that if we do no work for him or his kingdom or his church, we can still belong to him and look forward to eternity in heaven with Christ? Um, Let's answer that question out loud together. Would you stand with me? 
We're in Luke chapter 23 now. We're going to read uh, verses 32 to 43. And uh, unnamed man, very interesting, his encounter with Jesus Christ. Let's read together. Here we go. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for inspiring Dr. Luke to record for us even the very last words that our Savior Jesus spoke on the cross of Calvary. Lord, I'm asking that as we leave here today, every person here would understand exactly what it takes to become a Christian. I'm asking that no one would leave here this morning not knowing specifically how to become a follower of your son Jesus. Lord, we need to hear from you today. I pray, Lord, that you'll help Jeff to get out of the way. We need to hear from you. We need to hear from your word We need to hear from your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, uh, help us to listen and tune in to your channel. We pause now. We recognize, Lord, it's been a long week. I suspect, Lord, some of us uh, had to rush to even get here this morning. And we haven't taken time to inspect our lives. We haven't taken the time to uh, invite you to come and show us where sin is preventing us from doing business with you. So uh, would you show us even right now? We're open to uh, your inspection, to your conviction right now, Lord. And if there's sin on our hands or on our lips, uh, if there's sin that we've not dealt with uh, in our minds, our attitudes, uh, things that we've looked at, things that we've said, Lord, would you make that clear? We want the walls torn down, the the walls that sin builds. And Lord, as you tear those walls down, we know you can do that through confession, through uh, us agreeing with what you're making clear to us right now. So as you make sin clear, 
We're not going to excuse it. We're not going to justify it. We're not going to ignore it. We're going to call it what you call it. We're going to call it sin. We're going to confess it. And on the basis of that confession, we ask that you might wash and cleanse and purify us, Lord, ready to do business, ready to respond to what it is you have to say to our hearts and our lives today. all the church at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice you may be seated first slide Logan details of the two criminals is only recorded by Dr. Luke so uh, the details of what we're going to look at here today uh, Matthew Mark and John, they don't, they don't cover this. Uh, it seems that only Dr. Luke got the inside track of what's going on here. Um, and he records uh, Luke twenty two thirty seven. if you have your Bible, look back, um, that there is a quote from Isaiah 53 and uh, verse 12 that Jesus, the Messiah, would be numbered with sinners. So, Jesus quotes the prophecy uh, from Isaiah 53, knowing it's about to be fulfilled. You understand? And sure enough, this is the fulfillment. Uh, Jesus is going to get numbered between transgressors. Jesus is going to be placed between a couple of sinners, a couple condemned thieves, if you will. Um, here's... Um, what the thief on the cross, verse 39, has to say. Uh, Luke chapter 23, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you the promised one? Aren't you the one who's going to come and save Israel and save the world? Look what he says. Uh, then prove it. Save yourself and save us. If you really are what you say you are, then, then let's step up and let's do what a Messiah should be all about. Now, what's fascinating, that I think is fascinating anyway, is that if you go back to Matthew and Mark, matter of fact, you can turn there with me. Uh, Matthew 27:44. I'm going to turn to Mark 15:32. But in both of those places, Matthew 27:44, Mark 15:32. Um, in those records, both thieves uh, let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. So uh, what both Matthew and Mark tell us is that in the early hours of the cross, how many thieves were yelling and cursing at Jesus? Two. They both, on both sides, uh, early on at 9 o'clock when Jesus was put on the cross. So for the first hours, uh, both robbers are angry and yelling and cursing at Jesus. Hey, save yourself, save us. If you really are who you claim to be, save us. Both Matthew and Mark, plural, both thieves. But then, look at verse 40, uh, Luke chapter 23. Uh, something very interesting happens um, one of the thieves, 
as a change of heart. Um, here's what it says. But the other criminal rebuked the other criminal. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you're under the very same sentence, uh, you're going to die. Uh, verse 41, we're punished justly, for we're getting exactly what our deeds deserve, but this man, this Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Isn't that interesting? So there, there's a change of heart. I, I think he sat there for hours and watched the Son of God, the Messiah, die. And over time, he realized this really is the Messiah. So, so now he's rebuking the other thief, and now he's defending Jesus. Um, hey, buddy, we're guilty. We deserve to be on a cross. We deserve Roman punishment. But this guy, this Jesus, is innocent. He's done nothing wrong. I just want to pause for a moment because Luke records Pilate declaring the innocence of Jesus. Dr. Luke records jolly old King Herod as declaring the innocence of Jesus. And now Dr. Luke records one of the two criminals, one of the two thieves declaring the innocence of Jesus. So people that you wouldn't expect to step up and say, you know what, he's innocent, do just that as Dr. Luke records. Um, and then in verse 42, this convicted dying robber turns to Jesus and makes a request. Look at verse 42. Then the thief said, uh, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, would you please remember me when you, when you head off into paradise? Would you remember me when you get into your kingdom? Now, and I just want you to pause. What are the things that this dying thief has acknowledged? He's saying, uh, Jesus, I know that you are king of the kingdom. Okay? He says, when you enter your kingdom, you're the king of the kingdom. So first of all, he recognizes that Jesus indeed is the king of the coming kingdom. Go back to verse 41. He's already confessed, Jesus, you're sinless. You're innocent. I know that you don't deserve to be here. Uh, I know, he says, I'm guilty. I know I belong here. I deserve punishment. So he's also confessed, I'm a sinner, and I deserve punishment. I deserve to be here on the cross. And now Jesus responds to a condemned thief in the very last hours of his life. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And if there's anything this shows, it's that good deeds don't save people. How do we know that? Because this guy has no opportunity to do any good deeds. Only faith in Christ saves. Good deeds have never saved anybody. You can't earn your way to heaven. No one has ever earned or merited their way into heaven, only faith in Christ saves. Now, 
Let's just pause. Jesus uh, guarantees a convicted criminal a place among the righteous. Think about this. He, he now says, you know what? I, I know you deserve to be on that cross. I know you deserve Roman justice. But I'm going to promise that today you're going to be with me in paradise. The new Eden, if you will. Twice in the book of Revelation, it refers to the new heaven and the new earth. So, so Jesus turns to this guy, unnamed, condemned, hardened criminal. You're going to be with me in the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, you've heard of deathbed conversions? Have you heard of one of those? This is a death cross conversion. Uh, on the cross, just about to die, and now he becomes a follower of Jesus. Would you go back to verse 35? We read it, but I just want to point this out. Back in verse 35, Luke chapter 23, it says, The people stood watching, and the rulers, and the Jewish authorities, uh, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the Sanhedrin, the high priest, and his contingent. Okay, So that's who he's talking about, verse 35. Uh, the people stood watching, and the rulers... They sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the Chosen One. Now give me your eyes for a second. Dr. Luke is pointing out something huge. He's saying, uh, see this dying robber that's just a few hours from death? This guy who never did any good deeds for Christ? This man wasn't moral. He wasn't nice, he wasn't good, but this criminal is about to inherit what? Say it, what? Eternal life, heaven, new heaven, new earth, paradise. And all of these, look at verse 35, all of these good, nice, moral, religious people, the chief priests, the scribes, the Jewish religious leaders, uh, in contrast to this man, they're on the road to hell. They're on the road to judgment. I just want you to don't, don't miss, because Dr. Luke wants us to get that contrast. All of these good, nice, moral, very religious people, they don't get it. They're on the way to hell. They thought getting uh, on the earn their way, the due program was going to get them to heaven. But good deeds, even lots of good, nice, moral deeds, doesn't save anybody. Never has, never will. It's only faith in Jesus Christ that saves people. Um, Luke's account is not about a good thief and a bad thief. It's be, it's, it'd be easy for us to walk away and say, well, this is about one uh, really naughty, he was a bad thief, and this other thief, he wasn't such a bad thief, he was kind of a nice guy underneath. Uh, no, that's not what's going on here. Uh, this is about two sinful, wretched thieves and a good and forgiving and merciful Savior. That's what this is all about. Jesus came to earth to seek and to save who? Jesus came to earth to seek and to save who? Lost people like all of us. That, that's, that's who Jesus came to seek and to save. So, why do we need to know this? Why is the fact that good deeds don't save people, only faith in Jesus Christ saves people? Why is that important? 
Why is that essential? Why don't you take a note? We have a place in your bulletin. You can jot this down. Why do I need to know this? Why is this essential? First, because most of the people we know, most of our family members, most of our friends, most of our neighbors, most of our co-workers believe that good deeds will get you to heaven. Most people in the United States have believed that you can earn your way to eternal life. Just be really nice, really good, really nice, really moral, uh, maybe a touch of religiousness, and surely, they'll usually say, surely, parentheses, if there really is a God, um, he couldn't say no because I've got the greatest resume. I'm a really wonderful person. So there couldn't be any way that God would turn me away because I've done all of these nice, moral, polite things. Here's what God says, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. You didn't earn it. You didn't merit it. It is the gift of God, not by work. Say it with me, not by work. You can't work your way to heaven so that nobody can boast. Because if we could be good and nice and moral, we, we'd walk around, oh, I'm a nice and I've earned my way to heaven. No, you have. It's not by works. Nobody can boast about their salvation. If you've believed in Christ, if you've been born again, that wasn't something you earned. That's something that was given by grace. It's not the do program. Get busy and work and do good and nice things to get to heaven. It's the done program. Romans 10, 9. Listen to this. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and be saved. Done. Who did the work? Who accomplished everything? You guys are worrying me, okay? You want to get another run at that? Okay. Balcony, can you help me out here? Who did the work? Who accomplished everything? Who should get all the glory and the praise? I, I, all I did was believe and receive. All we do is express faith in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Good Deeds don't save people. Faith in Christ, only faith in Christ, saves people. Now, another reason why that's huge, it's because uh, it's going to make a difference on how we teach and train our children. Now, you can look at the Old Testament especially and find nice moral lessons, and we teach nice moral lessons so that our children will grow up to be nice, polite, moral people. And how many of you parents would say, I want my child to be nice, moral, and polite? Can I see your hands? How many? Yeah, that sounds good. But here's the problem. You can be nice and good and moral and be on your way to hell. That's the problem. I fear at times we are uh, teaching our children to be little moralists and they know the rules, and they know the do's and the don'ts, and, and they miss the major major, which is Jesus alone saves. Faith in Christ is what brings new life. 
And if you don't get that message first and foremost, all of the little moral stuff is for naught. We'll be just like verse 35, the religious leaders doing nice little moral stuff. Okay? You can know how to play the role of Christian and never have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's huge. And parents, grandparents, those of you who have influence with our children and our teens, make sure the major, major is at the foundation of each and every one of our children and grandchildren. Because if they don't know Jesus, uh, don't just pile on a bunch of do's and don'ts and moral stuff. That actually will be to their detriment. Third reason this is huge, that we have at our foundation, good deeds don't save people. Only faith in Christ saves people. Give me your eyes. Is because when we encounter sinners... How many of you have some sinners in your life around you? Can I see your hands? Just so we know that we're all thinking. Okay? Are you thinking of the sinner in your life? Okay? Okay. So when you're around that sinner, if you don't remember, good deeds don't save people, only faith in Christ saves people. Here, here's the temptation. We're going to try to fix the symptom and forget the underlying core problem. You tracking with me? Uh, it's tempting to think about, oh, well, um, they drink too much. So I'm going to put a Band-Aid on the fact that they drink too much. Or she's an awful gossip. I'm going to help this person not be an awful gossip. Or my family member is really selfish, and I'm going to help them not be selfish anymore. Or my neighbor... Uh, is hooked on pornography and I'm going to help them with their pornography issue. Or this person spends way too much. They're going to spend their way into bankruptcy. I want to help them get a budget. Now here's the problem. You ready? Sam, uh, you get hit by a bus going 70 miles an hour and you're laying there and you're a mess and I come running over and I say, I'm going to help you, Sam. There you go. There's a nice band-aid for your boo-boo, okay? And, and she's been hit by a bus. Do you understand? All of us who don't know Jesus have been hit by the bus. You tracking? And we're running around, oh, you shouldn't be smoking. You shouldn't say naughty words. You know, and we're dealing with the symptoms and not the fact that they got hit by a bus. They need Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. They need to believe in what Jesus... That's their core issue. Are you tracking? Uh, their trauma is what will cause them to realize, I need Jesus. And here's the problem, Sam. And if I put so many Band-Aids after a while, someone might think, I, I think I'm feeling better. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You still got hit by a bus. You're still on your way to hell. Uh, and if we work on the symptoms and don't remember, no, their core central issue... Is there a sinner in need of a Savior? We're going to just run around putting band-aids on people. And actually, that's not a good thing. Because oftentimes, the trauma of getting hit by the bus, I really am a great sinner, and I really am headed for hell, and I really am a mess. And you say, yes, you are. <laughs> and I've only got one solution. What's the one solution we've got? You need Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You need to say yes to Jesus and invite Him to be your King and your Master and your Lord. That's what they, they need Jesus to rescue them. 
Um, and uh, instead of trying to help them with their symptoms, we need to address the core issue. You, you need Jesus Christ. You need to have Jesus take charge of your life and change you from the inside out. And just listen, in case you're wondering, Pastor Jeff, you're saying we don't have to work, you don't have to earn, you don't have, so no one's going to do anything around here. Shh, quit talking that way. Listen close. When Jesus comes upon the life of a person and they're changed from the inside out, when the King of Kings takes residence in our lives and the Holy Spirit comes in, you can't help but start living and working and serving Jesus Christ. So we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to guilt them into it. If you become a follower of Jesus, uh, the Lord will do the job on you. He'll convict you. He'll make you miserable till you get in the game. So if some of you are miserable, maybe it's time to get in the game. Okay. True story. I got a call 8, 9 o'clock. Young man grew up here in Walloon Lake Church. I'd met him a few times. Didn't know him well, um, but he's crying. And I, so I knew something was wrong. Uh, and he says, Pastor Jeff, hi, it's me. Um, my grandfather is dying. Will you please uh, go up and see my grandfather? I, I, I'm almost sure he's not a Christian, um, and, and I can't sleep, and I'm miserable. I'm pretty sure my grandpa's going to hell. And Pastor Jeff, I never paid enough attention I don't know how to help him with that problem, but I know you do, so would you please go up and see him? And he told me he was up in the nursing home. So I got dressed, and I head to the nursing home. We'll call him Bill. Um, and I got to the front desk, and I said, Hi, um, I got a call from Bill's grandson. Uh, she says, well, you can go down to the nurse's station, directed me down there. I said, hey, I'm the pastor from Walloon Lake Church, um, and Bill's grandson asked me to come and speak with his grandfather. Um, and the nurse said, well, uh, you're welcome to go on in. He's in this room. Go. You can talk. You can pray. You can read the Bible. Uh, he might still hear you, but you just need to know Bill's been in a coma all day long. He's not been responsive. Uh, he's down in that room. So I walk down next to the bed, sit down. What are you going to do? He's not moving. Um, Hi, Bill. Your grandson sent me. Told him his name. I'm Pastor Jeff from Walloon Lake Community Church. Um, I came here to talk to you about Jesus. Bill opens his eyes, looks at me, and said, I'm so glad you came. I want to talk to you. And I'm going, oh boy, here we go. And for the next 30 plus minutes, I talked with Bill about Jesus. I said, Bill, are you ready? Because it doesn't look like you got long. Uh, unless the Lord does something miraculous, you're going to be with him soon. Are you ready to say yes to Jesus Talk to him about the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb. And, and I said, Bill, are you ready to say yes? Come on into my life, Jesus. And Bill said, you better believe I am. And, and with some, some energy and firmness, and I prayed with Bill, and he invited Jesus into his life. And, I, you know, whoa, whoa. So I said, Bill, I'm going to come back to see you tomorrow. 
uh, have a great night's sleep. Um, before I went in, I don't know why, but I called and I said, uh, just wanted to call and uh, check on Bill. And the nurse said, um, who are you again? I said, uh, I'm the pastor. Uh, grandson asked me to come in. And she told me Bill had died in the night. And uh, talked to his grandson. And he said the nurses reported to him that, yep, Grandpa Bill was in a coma and he just went nice and peacefully. And it was kind of fun to report to the grandson, well, Grandpa woke up for a little bit. <laughs> Grandpa woke up and uh, there was some good stuff that happened when Grandpa woke up. Um, I know that's strange and I even think about that night and it's like, ooh. But I believe, this is just me, that one day I'm going to see Bill in heaven right next to this guy who is on the cross next to Jesus. But think about it. Talked with the grandson. Bill never went to church. Bill never got baptized. Bill never put money in the offering plate. Uh, best he said, he never sang a Christian song, never read his Bible. Um, Bill never did any of the things that we would associate with being a follower of Jesus. But in the closing hours of his life, I think Jesus woke him up and gave him a little nudge, and Bill woke up and he was alert enough, and he gave Bill the faith to believe in Jesus and receive him as Savior and Lord. You just got to know, good deeds don't save people. Never have, never will. Only faith in Jesus Christ saves people. What program are you on? Because that's the, for you personally, are you trying to be good are you on the do program? You're going to earn and merit and work and be good and nice. Now, I'm not saying that followers of Jesus shouldn't be all of those things. But if you don't have as the foundation of who you are, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in what He did for me on the cross. I've received Him as my Savior and Lord. If that's not the foundation, then you're trying to work and earn and merit salvation. That's the do program. Or is it time to get on the done program? Jesus did it all. Jesus accomplished. Jesus did all the work. And that's the foundation where a new life begins. And now I'm going to follow Jesus. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes. I just want to give you a few moments now. Um, would you invite the Lord? We've heard from His book. We've seen Him work powerfully with a guy who didn't do anything. And yet He said today, I'll see you. You're going to be with me in paradise. Going to be with me in the new heaven and the new earth. Is it possible you're here this morning um, 
and somehow you've gotten on the do program. You've thought that you needed to earn and work and merit your ticket to heaven. Would you say, Lord, is that, is that true for me? Speak. I'm listening. I want to know. I don't, I don't want this to be a shock on the day of judgment that I was on the wrong road. I was trying to work and earn and merit it. I, I don't want to know that after it's too late. How about your children and your grandchildren? Of course, we all want our children and grandchildren to behave and be nice and polite and moral and good. But here's the frightening thought. There are going to be lots of nice, good, moral, polite people in hell. Is the main thing the main thing? Are, are, you, are you making sure? Are, have, you, have you made sure that your child really belongs to Jesus personally? You can't do that for them. They have to do that by faith for themselves. How about the sinners around you? How about the people who uh, are really messed up? They got hit by a big bus Maybe their bus was going 100 miles an hour and they're really messed up. Are you just focusing on the externals, the symptoms, the ugly sinful stuff? Have you forgotten that they need Jesus to fix their heart and their soul? That's at core what's wrong. They need Jesus to come and take charge of their lives. we close, anybody say, Lord, uh, you're speaking to me this morning. You've uh, made yourself clear in either regards to me being on the due program or I need to get my children and my grandchildren majoring on the major, not good, nice, moralists. Uh, don't need to be raising a Pharisee. I want to be raising a strong follower of Jesus Christ. And Maybe you've been thinking about sinners around you in the wrong way, focused on the externals and the symptoms and not recognizing that they need Jesus Christ at core, Savior and Lord. Anybody say, Lord, you've spoken to me. And by your grace, I don't want to just be here. I need to be a doer. Thanks for speaking to me now. Somebody just lift up your hand. Lord, you've talked to me. I'm listening. Yeah. Yep. If there's anybody here who's been on the do program, um, here's how you get on the done program. It starts with faith, and, and only faith that you have towards what Jesus has done for you. Okay? Jesus took your place on the cross. He is the only one in all of history who lived the sinless life. So he's the only one qualified. 
Jesus, I believe you took my place. Uh, Jesus, I believe you shed your blood to deal with my greatest problem. I got hit by that bus going 70 miles an hour. It's the bus of sin. And I'm in deep trouble. So your shed blood is the only cure for getting hit by that bus of sin. Uh, Jesus, I believe you took my place in that tomb, literally, physically dead. You did that for me. And, and Jesus, I believe by faith that you arose from the dead and you did that for me. And right now I receive you as Savior and Lord and King. Come take charge. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. So if today you, you got off the do program and you got on the done program, uh, you can believe in your heart privately, quietly, but the confessing with your mouth, you need to tell somebody, okay? So sometime before you go to bed tonight, would you confess with your mouth? Hey, I just want you to know Jesus is my Lord. I'm on the done program. I, I was trying to earn my way. I was trying to be good and nice and, and get my ticket to heaven by working hard. Um, enough of that program. I've believed. I've received Jesus. I'm on the done program. Confess with your mouth to somebody before you go to bed. Thank you, Lord, for seeking and saving lost sinners like each and every one of us. Lord, help us to never stray from the main thing because it's all about your son and living for him and sharing about what Jesus is doing and what Jesus has done in our lives. Lord, and uh, once you've changed us from the inside out, now we have the ability to splash your agape love on all those you put in our path. So, Lord, I pray for each of us who are on the done program that you'll help us to splash the love of your son Jesus on everyone, every day in the week ahead. Help us uh, to make your son Jesus look real bright as we radiate the reality of Jesus to them. It's in Jesus' awesome name we pray all of these things. And all the church said, what can you say? We did it. We did it. I think Jesus deserves some praise and honor and glory. And we're going to do that uh, in the form of uh, a song. So would you stand? Let's worship the Lord uh, in song as we close.